Out in the United Kingdom, tail end of the summer. And uh, yeah, I guess your trip there, uh, your voyage uh, coinciding, of course, not much. You're going to be in Germany. I'm on mom. Guys, they're in mourning. Like, they're in real mourning. And, like, sometimes I'm, I'm in disbelief with how much mourning because I'm staying around. Why are you around, saying um, they are in mourning? How's the language I'm doing? I'm, um, when I'm doing like this, I don't know. Let me not, let me not, let me not, let me not, but, like, um, there's a real air of mourning. Like, um, like um, I'm staying in Westminster. So I'm staying quite close to them. So they've been enhanced. Wait, you're staying um, in Westminster. Cause... Isn't Westminster Abbey where, you know, they, I guess, Apabango, Jokwana Bandu Bala Bolasap? Yeah, it is. So it's quite close to, um, it is quite close. So they have, there's been a lot of police presence and a lot of presence from army officials. Like, you see people in, like, um, army gear walking around the streets there's just been a lot of security um but it's it's, it's a somber mood like mm. the people were touched the people I, I think i don't think we understand fully grasp how um large and how monumentous the monarch is to ordinary british people like people were crying like they said they, the lot, some of the trains were being diverted for people to pay their respects, mm. and they were causing traffic for me because I'm here for work. So I'm just like saying, "Van Don," like it's, it's like, and you can just, but it's quite, it's quite, um, it's quite somber on this side. They, 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 they the people are very, very touched, and are very, very touched, and um, almost everywhere you go, you see symbols of the monarch. Um, yeah, that's yeah. why I said I, I, I estimated it. I wasn't aware of how big it is. Hey, man, look. Understandably so, right? Uh, I guess, um, you know, British society, uh, as with any other former colonialist or imperialist, um, you know, often bought, uh, I guess, via colonialism and other things, the um, collusion of even the working class in many of those countries. I mean, the fact that they would go and make sure they lived a better life because of the exploitation of people in the colonies and so on uh, means that a lot of people are really vested. I mean, in this idea of the monarchy, and the idea of the UK as an imperial power and so on. And so I think a lot of that has been on display in the last while. But talk to me about how, I guess, on broadcast platforms, uh, the treatment that's been given to uh, uh, this um, significant milestone in the history of the British monarchy. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the stories I want us to look at tonight is, um, you know, what that has translated to by way of viewership and, I guess, um, what many of us would expect that, Many of these platforms, be it the newspapers, the TV, the radio, will all be smiling to the bank. Not even close. So, um, as part of the morning, there's been a lot of content that's been directed towards the life of the Queen Elizabeth, mm. the late Queen Elizabeth, the royal family, a lot of documentaries. Um, um, I found out things about her that I've never even in my life ever knew. Um, so, about if who? you're like on TV, Queen Elizabeth and um, how okay. she grew up and um, just her history. There's been a lot of documentaries just focused on her life and um, mm. the royal family as well. And um, just so if you switch on the telly um, from BBC to ITV to Channel 4, all of it is being royal coverage from the beginning of the day to the end of the day. Like before the funeral, there was content was focused on guys who were in the queue. There was content focused on her coronation. Like I said, I'm discovering things about Uluzi that I did not know. I just I did not know. Um, 
a lot of content um, focused on um, the, the the conflict, um, the material conflict between um, the Northern Ireland situation, mm. the Irish situation as well as the Scottish situation, because it's all coming to a head now, sure. post-Brexit. Um, so in, in, some, in some level, the lens has been focused on the unification of the United Kingdom. Mm. But there's also been some um, content talking about the 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 discord um i think so part of one of the biggest things so on wednesday and friday there was with their train strike that all got cancelled because of the national period of mourning that's a working class struggle Mm, mm. because i can tell you now the cost of living i couldn't live here You, you no one can live here the cost of the way inflation the how inflation is reported um it's just because it's, it's it's just astronomical. It's it's genuinely quite astronomical, and um, so in the presence of them having to have all this coverage, um, it it's it also it also seeks to take a step back to the working class struggle, mm. which is what's happening. Um, London, and and I think because I've been walking around, I've been here for a couple of weeks. It's having a real working class revolution. Um, and it, this was just before the funeral, um, the death was announced. It's, the cost of living here is... Well, I mean, Snezibo, what it might mean is that uh, even though Liz trusts, and, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that she sees it in this way, but this might have helped stave off the timing of what many people are calling the summer of discontent out in the United Kingdom, where almost every sector of that economy would have been out on the streets on strike. Um, it might delay it, but uh, seemingly, I guess, might not stave it off. Not even close. So you've got what's coming in the next two weeks. You've got bus strikes, railway uh, bus strikes, railway strikes, um, NHS strikes. All of them are hitting, and, and it's because you go, they're going into winter. So what's happened is, let's say you paid a hundred um, hundred pounds for electricity um, in January. In the month now is September. You are now paying five hundred for the same quantity. When we talk about private electricity markets, this is what happens. To yeah, you. yeah. This is what happens to you. so that that compi- compounded with the economy is not growing. So our, our um so um big thing is that Topshop closed. The Topshop, which is a big um high street retailer, closed mm. four five years ago. I was walking across Oxford Street. None of those stores have reopened. It's as if there's been no replacement of retail space. That's an indicator of um, lack of economic growth. Uh, uh. So if there's a real, there's a, there's a real. You can actually see it. Um, there's a real in the infrastructure. Although I love public transport, the UK, the London infrastructure, specifically on train and rail, is old and dilapidated. Uh, people who complain about socialism may must come here. They they will see things. They will see things. Mm. They they've no need to they've no need to compare. They've no need to complain. South Africans have no need to complain. Trust me, it's the same type of um, very old. It, 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 like I said, there's a working class revolution. So this um, this show and pompous actually has helped the political um, dispensation save off the masses for this time period. But because winter is coming. It is only, it's quite temporary. Yeah. It is quite temporary. Part of this Russia-Ukraine conflict, which doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon, and you've got people, you've got um, 
Vlad um, staving off um, gas supply. It, when I when I explain to people that it's going to be a cold winter, because what what's what's happening? I think someone on the street was explaining to me, people are having to choose between having electricity or bread. Mm. That is how bad the situation. Is. and I think. Yeah. Just on that issue, yeah. because I, I think it's a perfect segue to the other story I want us to talk about, which is around, you know, what clues, if any, some of the signals that have come out of some of the central banks, including the Bank of England there, you know, the European Central Bank, um, and then, of course, the Federal Reserve and many others, um, about what the subsequent quarters right into 2023 and through to 2024 might mean. And more importantly, what clues it might have for credit active consumers here in South Africa? We know there's a monetary policy committee decision coming later on this week. Um, and I guess judging from those signals, it's not going to be a nice one for you on a bond, on an installment, or even, uh, yeah, you might want to chop up that credit card. Um, so, uh, so this is my whole thought process, is that you see what the rand is trading um, today. Mm. We have to increase the rates. Just from a, I, I, we have to increase interest rates. You saw them, the U.S. inflation numbers came out last week. They're going to increase interest rates, so therefore we need to uh, increase at a rate yeah, higher. Just from a, from mm. a, yes. I, for one, need for us to rethink this thing of addressing inflation by increasing interest rates, yes. because this is not a consumption-led increase in inflation. This is a producer-led, and it comes to the cost of energy. For me, this is, I think we need to rework its economic theory because it cannot be that the only means of addressing inflation have to, which is not because incomes are growing or the economy is red hot. It is driven by another externality that is not what traditional economics teaches us. And I, 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 I for one, I think we need to just leave the thinking because if you look at where the growth curve is and you look at where the energy outlook is, which is the primaries of your inflation outlook and your energy outlook are sort of mirroring each other in terms of inflation. Mm. If you look at where they're heading towards, driven by this conflict that doesn't seem to want to end, you're going to be in a situation where you keep increasing, you keep increasing. Inflation keeps going up because it's driven by the cost of energy. It is not driven by a red-hot economy. So... I, I, for me, this is not a, a solution to address the structural issue. The structural issue is your cost of energy. Address your cost of energy. Increasing interest rates, which makes things, which is, makes everything more expensive for everyone, including those, even those who don't have bonds, ultimately because again, the producer increases again the cost of producers because producers borrow capex to produce goods. They also have to have cost of energy. So. I think that we need to just rethink and reframe this, this, this general economic theory because it, it cannot be the only solution. Yeah, and also, I mean, I think to, the, to your point, Nesipo, I'm very uncomfortable with how this has been paraded and bandied about as if it's a particular form of science. I mean, you know, even the Bloomberg piece saying, look, these guys have learned lessons from the late 1970s after the OPEC oil shock um, around 1973 or so, or whatever. Um, but effectively, if there's any lesson we ought to learn is, you know, you don't take lackadaisically uh, an approach that says, well, I don't care what happens to employment. I don't care what happens to growth as long as you, you know, contain inflation, irrespective of what the source of inflation is. Yeah, 
yes, we need to. I just wish people apply their minds to it because we have to address the fundamental source and structure and look at what is actually happening. And part of one of the things, um, part of one of the things that I noticed here was the homelessness crisis here. Mm, like mm. I said, I didn't, I didn't know that there were so many homeless. Like it's a, it's a proper situation here. Yeah, and I just feel like propaganda. We, 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 we think that everybody who lives in the UK is rich. Guys, in Southie, in Southie. Yeah. Guys, in, South, in, like, I'm, I'm, uh, in Southie, I don't think people can... And you, you, once you apply this economic theory, so we've got, we've got a specific situation. We have a producer externality that has resulted in the cost of energy going up. Mm. OPEC has refused to increase production, increase supply, because they're taking advantage of this market. So... You've got that situation. You've got all majors all making more money than they know what to do with. Know what to do with. They are printing money. If you saw Aramco's results, literally printing money. It is unthinkable. You have to cap that profit. That profit has to be redistributed. So you had talks of the wealth tax going on. Um, um, wealth tax going on. You've got to do something to readdress this. 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 Um, mm. this uh, out of pocket. That is what you should be addressing. Going after ordinary consumers and ordinary small business by going after the cost of um, debt, for me, does not seem to address that issue. You've got people who've been using um, credit card usage, people running out of money, um, higher the cost of real estate. You've got a you've got a real property bubble that's coming because as you in- increase interest rates, because you know the interest rates always. Uh, it's always before the cost of um, cost of living. So you're you're already squeezing, already squeezing marginal groups. So obviously you've got a property bubble coming, property credit bubble coming. You can see, and you, you can see these things coming. <laughs> you wages are not increasing. You've got they also affect and and remember what we see as um, eight nine percent inflation. Is not the real inflation. The real inflation is what you're paying cash flow outwards every month. And I can guarantee you it's not 8 9%. It's more 20 25% because it reflects the real cost of goods because of how. And, you, and, you, and, you stop, and again, you guys, you stop seeing these things. Stop seeing these bubbles, bubbles. These are all bubbles. So the idea that you've got, you've got an interest rate curve in Europe, you've got uh, the EU, you've got those credit rates coming up. You've got Hungary, which has got another corruption issue, guys. We've been fed propaganda. Sonka, mm-hmm. corruption is everywhere, guys. We've been corruption is everywhere. You've got that Italian bubble coming, which will make Greece look like a walk in the park. Mm. You've got the only bubble coming. Let's, let's shift our attention, uh, just with the little time we still have uh, uh, with you, to... Um what do you make, I guess, of uh, some of the discussions and even the corporate protestations of uh, some of the proposals that the National Treasury has made in the Tax Laws Amendment Bill? And I think some of our listeners would know one of the big brewers in South Africa was uh, yeah, on a massive charm offensive over the last two weeks or so, saying, this is what we do. This is how much jobs we create. This is this. This is that. And um, one can't help but think that it's not just some mild or innocent coincidence but uh, very much part of, I guess, um, a political economy of lobbying for very particular policy outcomes. Alcohol is... It's alcohol, they do this lobbying every year. It doesn't affect any of their sales. It doesn't affect any of their top line. 
it has zero effect. I think um, my issue with the alcohol lobby is the one thing that they don't want to address is the um, societal harm their products cause. They they always want to skirt over the economic growth story, but they don't talk about the drunk driving impact, the abuse impact, mm. the general the, the the addiction impact. And if they were always they don't even do, and I think that's where the that's that's the purpose of the tax is for them to be forced to address all of these things, which they don't do, which they don't do because I think we forget about social ills. Social ills, and I think if we forget that that's what alcohol and tobacco products are. Last time I checked, cigarettes still causes cancer. Mm. The cost of cancer treatment goes into the millions of rand. They someone buys a product for 30, 40 rand to treat a lifelong illness. They end up spending millions, bankrupting their families. What about that economic cost? I think when we we, we don't tell the full story. Mm. And I think that's my issue with the alcohol lobby. The fundamental thing is that they don't get impacted top line with all these tariffs. They're not required to address some of their social ills, which we all, which we, it's all documented. No one is, but they always quote over, yes, you create jobs, but how many jobs do you destroy when someone dies from drunk driving? How many families are lost? Can we can 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 we balance that? If we're gonna go there, let's go there. Let's go there. So fundamentally, they they do a pumper show every single calendar year without fail. Without fail, they do it every year. Um, and then um, nothing happens to their sales. They still record double digit profit. If the economy is growing at minus one percent, I'm sure if you saw Heineken uh, Denal's results mm. before the merger closed, they're not doing one percent bond now. They're not doing 1%. So they're fine. They're, fix- they're effectively quite fine. But I think we, we can't talk about one aspect only. We have to always think about the full economic cost of anything that we're doing and also any products that we're selling. Part of my thing is that the vaping, they need to introduce vaping because I see it as a tax revenue and we need money as a country. I see these things as tax revenue. We need to start legalizing. They need to focus also on cannabis as well. Legalize it so that we can get tax revenue. All I'm thinking about is the tax revenue of whole mountain. But we can't forget. Yeah. Let's leave it there for tonight. Yeah. Uh, and uh, wish you well uh, there in the land of uh, Lizzie. Uh, but uh, thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us.